Hey guys, if you guys want to start filing in, we're going to get started here. Welcome, welcome. If you want to grab a seat. Call me gnomes. We're so excited. It's our last encounter night of the semester, and we're so glad you're here. And if you guys don't know, we go to the Vineyard Church, which you should, because that's where we are right now. But we go every Sunday, and we go to the 11 a.m. service together, and we sit on the front left side. So we'd love for you guys to join us. Yeah, we're going through an awesome series right now called Presents, the First Gift of Christmas. We started it last week, and we're continuing this week. We'd love for you to come out and join us. But, you know, sometimes you're just really tired or you can't make it to church. And you know what I love to do? What do you love to do? I love to listen to the Alive podcast. And rumor has it, I think we're releasing new podcasts. What's up? Are we doing that? Oh, yeah. So over break, if you guys are bored or you're missing your family, we're going to be uploading the Fall Retreat podcast over break. So be sure to check them out. All of them at one time. So you can just sit and binge them for like a whole day. I'm super excited. <laughs> but we also have other social media. If you guys want to check us out, we're on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, we're just Alive Vineyard College. And that's a great way to stay in touch. We also have a newsletter, which will be coming out tomorrow. So you guys should check that out too. Yeah, and speaking of the newsletter, when you get that, you can sign up for our mission trip. So we're going to Zacatecas, Mexico over spring break. We only have two spots left. So if you're interested, definitely sign up ASAP. It costs $100 to sign up, and then you'll raise money to go. But me and Naomi have both gone, and I know it's been so amazing for both of us. I, it's really touched me every I've gone twice now. And both times that I've gone, it's really just grown me, but also it's cool to see how we get to impact their community as well. So yeah, I'd really encourage you guys to sign up in the newsletter tomorrow morning. Awesome, yeah, and who's excited for finals? Woo! Wow, the energy in the room is real. <laughs> well, we have a way to make finals a little bit funner this year. I don't think funner's a word. More, More fun. fun. I know, I'm in college, it's okay. See, I need to study. More fun. Um, we are meeting this Saturday as a group. We're gonna be studying at Biff on campus. Um, the address is right up there. It's 515 East Gregory Drive, but we will be there in room 2063 from 12 noon to 5 p.m. So feel free to swing by anytime and just come study. Um, it'll be encouraging to do it all together. Where are my ladies in the room? Ladies? Woo! Woo! Well, when you guys are burnt out from studying, we're gonna be having a girls' night this Saturday. So at 7.30 p.m., we're gonna be meeting at AMC Theater on Prospect, and we're gonna be seeing the movie Instant Family. So it's gonna be a really fun time. Me and Gnomes are both gonna be there, so we hope you can come hang out with us. If you're not a girl, I'm sorry. Um, but, <laughs> 
your guy, and there's... <laughs> so, I don't know what guys do when they hang out, but they're gonna go see a movie, uh, but they're gonna grab pizza first at Blaze at 8 p.m., so if you're a guy and you wanna hang out, go check out that, and then you guys are gonna be going to see Creed at 9 at AMC. You're following the girls to the movies. It's fine, we'll be gone. Enjoy your movie. <laughs> Yeah, and next week, to end the semester on a bang, we're gonna be having our live Christmas party, so get pumped for that. And Gnomes, you know what I heard? What? I heard there's gonna be a costume contest, what? that's crazy. So you guys, make sure you invest in your dress in your best Christmas getup, wear ugly Christmas sweaters, whatever you wanna do, go all out. We're gonna have a lot of snacks and fun games, and it's just gonna be a fun time to celebrate the end of the semester together. Yeah, and we're actually doing something new this year at the Christmas party. We're gonna have a canned food donation, which is an awesome way um, to just give back to the community. So if you guys wanna bring any canned food, peanut butter, beans, whatever you want to the Christmas party, we're gonna be gathering that there and then bringing it to the Hope Center to give away to people in need. So that's awesome. Yeah, and another way that we're gonna have outreach this Christmas season is we're gonna be going to Restoration Urban Ministries, which we've done for the last few years. And I know personally, I've been so touched through this. It's so cool. You get to go and eat dinner with the families and then you get to hand a meal to them and pray for them. Um, two years ago, I even got to connect with the families, and I continued to meet with them for a few months, and it was actually really cool, um, and it really touched me, and I know it touched them, so I'd recommend that you guys go. If you're interested, you can contact Joshua. His number's on the screen. He's also in the room. Joshua, where are you at? Not in the room? All right. Well, if, he, if you don't know who he is, you can come talk to me, and I'll show you who he is, but it's on the, it's next Friday at 6.30, so, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and as the worship team comes up, I just want to welcome everyone. Um, if it's your first time here, we just want to say welcome. We're so glad you joined us, and we'd love to meet you after the service. Um, after we end, there'll be some snacks and pizza outside, and if you want to stop by and talk to a leader or anyone, we'd love to just chat and get to know you a little bit more. Um, but if you guys want to stand up, we're just going to pray and get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and join us, and I know that the Lord is really going to meet us here. Um, so I was scrolling through Instagram today, avoiding my responsibilities of homework, and I saw a video that Stephen Furtick posted, and it just really spoke to me, and I kind of wanted to share with you guys super briefly what he was talking about, but he was talking about the presence of God, and he said, so often, we're waiting for the presence of God to show up, but what if God is asking us to be present, right? Because God's presence is constant, it's always there. But it's our choice to be present in the moment, to open up our hearts, to put everything else aside, to clear our minds, to encounter him. And so he's already here. His presence is in this room and I know that it's a busy season. And I know that he's gonna bless you for coming and for setting aside time to be with him. So just in this moment, before we start, I just wanna take a moment and if we can close our eyes and just, yeah, whatever happened in our day, whatever busyness or stress we're feeling, just want you to picture it um, just like this ball that you're just holding. And I just want you to see the Father and I just want you to give that to him in this moment, to lay it aside, to say, I'm here to meet with you, here to worship you. Face to face, I'm ready to encounter you, God. So God, we thank you for this time. We thank you that week in and week out, we get to come and we get to meet with you. We get to encounter you and we leave different. We leave freer and lighter and changed. And so God, we set aside this time to be with you, to worship you. We ask that you fill us up. Holy Spirit, may you come right now and enter this place, God. 
May you refresh us and encounter us and just give each person the gift that they need in this season, God. You're so individual, you're so personal, and so we thank you that you already know what we need, that you're meeting us here, that you're overwhelming us with your love and your presence, God. May you give us endurance to finish this semester strong. We thank you for the gift that community is, for the gift that Alive is, and we don't take it lightly. And so, God, just in this season, may you just help us to be grateful. In each moment, God, may we not let our circumstances or our situations overwhelm us, God, but may we choose you above those things. May we fix our eyes on you, knowing that you hold it all, God, that you're in control, that nothing is too big for you. So in this moment, we choose to fix our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. We choose to rejoice and worship with joy and expectation, God. We give this night to you. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen.
have this overwhelming sense right now that the Father just wants to meet you personally tonight. And that word Naomi gave was so right on that the Lord wants to meet you in this moment here tonight. And it's not about anything more than just coming and being with your Father. And so if there's anything that's trying to come against, I just declare right now that this is a place of freedom. This is a place of just being real with Jesus. As we continue to worship tonight, I just say be free in Jesus' name. This is a safe place. Just to be with be alone with him, to dream with him, and to rest with him. Thank you, Lord.
cry out God we say that we give you control Father we don't want control you have so much better plans for us than we do for ourselves but so often I know at least I I tend to control things because I'm scared of the turnout 
And Scott, I just say right now that I surrender my life to you again, Jesus. That I surrender my trust to you. That I say I trust you and I believe in you. God, you know how much I love this song. If there was one song that I could ever pick to sing to you, it would be this one, God. And I pray that you would transform our lives from the inside out, Jesus. I thank you that if we have you, Jesus, we have your spirit living within us. And we just say we welcome and we activate the Holy Spirit that is alive in all of us to be more alive tonight, to be more present in this room tonight, God. To come and speak and come and move like only you can do. And God, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, Jesus, that doesn't have you, Jesus, as their friend, as their family, as their King of kings and Lord of lords, I pray tonight that you will move and that you will speak in a way that only you can, that they could never doubt your existence again. Father, we are not just looking for a good sermon, for some good music. We are looking for transformation, revelation, and impartation that we would leave this place never the same again. That I would leave this place never the same again. God, take us deeper. We give you control. We let go. And we say, God, do what only you can do. This is our prayer, God. This is our cry from the inside out. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, man. You guys can have a seat. Can we give it up for the worship band? Man, love you guys. Thanks. Well, what's up, everyone? I'm so excited to be here with you tonight. Uh, my name is Ryan. Uh, I'm the college pastor here of Alive. If this is your first time, welcome. I think I've seen a couple new faces. Um, I can't believe this is our last Alive of the semester. Well, I mean, technically it's not our last one because we're definitely going to have a Christmas party next week. And there's definitely going to be a dance party next week. And Paul Kang's definitely going to be breakdancing next week. So that's going to be our last Alive. But this is our last, like, normal Alive, even though this isn't really normal. And we're not really normal. And we love not being normal. So, hey. <laughs> but I am excited to share. If you guys have been with us, we've been going through an awesome. If you guys love this sermon series, Series that we've been in? Seriously, I think it just keeps getting better and better. Um, I know I've given away the more that most that I ever have, and I've loved it. I've loved hearing from so many different people. I hope you guys have too. We have an amazing leadership team that does a lot, a lot of things behind the scenes, uh, small groups, meeting with people, praying, and they got, a lot of them got an opportunity to share their hearts and just what God has done in them and through them. You know, every time I prep for a message, I, I ask God, first, what are you speaking to me? Because I believe that what he speaks to us, he wants to speak through us. And so I don't want to just speak a message that isn't real to me, right? That, that God isn't working or using or moving in my life. And it's been so evident, the different people that we've heard from, that this has been real things. We believe that God freely gives us stuff, and they're for us, but we're also freely meant to give it away. And they've given away so much. So if you've missed out any of those sermon series, I definitely encourage you to check us out on the podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes, or you can find us in the newsletter if you have an Android, um, and you can, you can check us out. 
So we've been looking through, uh, we're looking through a sermon series called Culture Carriers, and we're looking at the different fruit of the Spirit. We've, we've heard from amazing, amazing people, and today we land on the last fruit, which is self-control. And I need to start off the message with a confession. You guys ready? Every time I say a confession, you guys know that Usher song? It's really old. It's called My, my Confessions. Yeah, maybe. It, it, that brings back my day. <laughs> you know that, Ryan. I know you know that. If not, look it up. Actually, probably don't look it up, but you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have a confession. So each person I picked, or I felt like God picked, to, to speak the fruit of the Spirit they have been people that walk in those fruit or characteristics very strongly. I mean, come on, you look at Naomi, and she is just such a woman of love, isn't she? I mean, Eric Diaz is such a man of gentleness. I mean, have you ever shaken that guy's hands? His hands are just so gentle and soft. Owen, I mean, isn't Owen like the real-life Captain America? I mean, he is just a good guy, right? I mean, come on. I mean, Miranda, the kindest person you'll probably ever meet. I mean, it just, they, 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 these have been strengths in their lives. Well, here's my confession. Self-control is probably the thing I'm weakest at in this whole list. And I, if you know me well, you probably don't think, I mean, you think of Naomi, yeah, a woman of love. Eric Diaz, yes, a man of gentleness. Miranda, oh, what a woman of kindness. You probably don't ever think, man, Ryan, what a man of self-control. <laughs> he just has so much self-control. I know you don't, Brett. <laughs> you know what? But God works miracles, and he's brought an amazing wife into my life that has a lot of control. And, you know, I'm in process, and we're on a journey step by step, day by day. But, you know, this is definitely an area uh, that I'm learning, and I'm walking, and I'm in process in, and Jesus meets us in that process. And so wherever you are, wherever you've been, wherever you will be, he always is faithful to meet us. You know, but before we jump in, there's a quote that says, you can't really know where you're going if you first don't know where you've been. And so I, before I even start off tonight, I just want to take a real quick journey back because the messages have been so great. And, and, and this isn't just to take a recap, but I think, you know, Four, I found verses, 15 verses that talk about self-control in the Bible. And you know what they all say? Have self-control. Be self-control. Walk in self-control. I didn't find a verse that says, well, how do you walk in self-control? All they say is, have self-control. Well, thank you. I know I need to have self-control. But how do I self-control, Joey? You know, give me a little more. And so there's 15 verses that just say, have self-control. Self-control, self-control. I'm like, I know I need to have self-control, Lord. And, you know, I started reading back through the fruits of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit. And I believe as we kind of take a journey back and look at where we've been, it might give us some hints about where we're going. So we started this journey off nine weeks ago with the one and only Naomi talking about love. And she talked about love being our foundation, that it lifts up, that it leans in, and it lets go. That love empowers all the other fruits. And it starts with love. Everything starts with love. And then, you know, do you know I'd also say that she also talked about how God is love? God is love. So if it all starts with love, it all starts with God. And then after that, we went to the radical Brett Jacob as he talked about 
um, how joy is, there's an unshakable joy, and that true joy is unshakable, unceasing, exuberant gladness of heart produced by abiding in God. Produced by resting in God, being one with God, that when we rest and depend and we're in God, that we will have this radical joy of God within us. But it starts with because we first have love, then we can have joy. Because we first have love, then we can have joy. And after that, my lovely, amazing wife and her BFF, one of her BFFs, Dale, uh, spoke on how peace is a promise and that peace is not, the absent, um, is not the absent of conflict or hardship, but it's the presence within a person, a shield of protection, an authority over chaos, that peace is an eternal weapon that, ec- that impacts the external. That peace is an eternal weapon that changes the atmosphere of the external. When chaos and hardship is happening, that peace changes and shifts things. And it's because we have joy, then we can walk and live in a fruit of peace. And then after that, Whitney talked about discovering the truth of patience. She explained how truth isn't defined by circumstances around us, but truth is truth, and truth is a person, and that person is God. God is truth and patience within us, patience that waits in love by not letting external situations impact our internal. And because we have peace, then we can have patience. You guys seeing a trend here? Seeing a trend? This is beautiful. I didn't make it. My amazing wife did. Give her props. <laughs> I was going to use a whiteboard, and she's like, let me help you out a little bit. <laughs> I know. I knew you'd be so impressed, both of you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's to her, not me. All right, here we go. And then Miranda comes on the scene, and she challenged us. She's supposed to speak on kindness, but she challenged us. Even in her, even her title, it was a challenge. It said, where are the cracks within your kindness? And she challenged us to really look at what kindness is. And if we live out, do we live out the same kindness that God has given us? Are we, are we accepting people where they're at on their journey? And are we showing them the truth of who they are and who God says they are? And because we have patience, then we can live out in a place of kindness towards others. And then the one only Captain America, O'Diggity himself, came on the scene. And man, that was a radical message. If you need a laugh, you should listen to that one. But it was very powerful too. (laughs) And he shared about the fruit of goodness. That fruit of goodness is the purity in Christ. He shared that goodness is totally, thoroughly, unconditionally, absolutely pure in heart. Virtuous, generous, always seeking the good in others, holding no bitterness or malicious motive, but offering complete and seemingly unwarranted affection and grace. That goodness is a purity of heart through and through, not by performance, but by our nature. By our nature. And because we have kindness, then we can walk out in the fruit of goodness within our lives. And then the one and only lovely Leah Bice, our worship director, talked about how, how, how we're called to have faithfulness in every season of life and how faithfulness is a choice. And in that choice, faithfulness is truly choosing to trust, believe, and receive the love and true nature of the Father. That the Father is faithful. And when we remember who he is, we remember what he does. And because 
we have goodness, then we can also walk in that faithfulness. And then the one and only Papa Diaz last week came and spoke on the power of gentleness and how true gentleness has nothing to do with one's weakness, but rather true gentleness is stewarding one's power from within. He explained to us how gentleness protects, gentleness restores, and gentleness surrenders. And because we have faithfulness, then we can walk out of a place of gentleness. And that brings us to today, self-control. And I've, I've titled this message, I feel like the Lord has given me the message, is obedience and surrender. That we can walk and we can live out of a place of self-control as we continue to obey and surrender to his perfect will in our lives. So we pray with me real quick? Holy Spirit, Father, you know me above everyone. And you know this is an area in my life that I want to continue to press into, want to continue to grow in. So, Father, I just pray for more of this revelation into my life that you would first speak to me and then you would speak through me. God, I thank you for how you have come and spoke through every night and alive this semester, through every worship set, through every message, through every small group, through every event, through every coffee hangout. Uh, God, I thank you for all the things that fall retreat and all campus worship. And God, so many things that you've done this semester, little and big. And I thank you that you never have to come, but you always do. So God, we ask you that you would come again, awaken us inspire us, speak to me, speak through me, and I pray that we all leave never the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I love what Miranda said. And yep, I'm just going to say, the messages were so good, I'm just going to quote all the messages all day. I don't need to talk about anything new, right? Amen, maybe, all right. <laughs> I'll just talk to myself. You guys came for the Jets pizza, right? Don't worry, it'll be here, Joey. <laughs> Hopefully. One time they did forget, and I, it was the same guy when I ordered today, but I made sure he remembered. <laughs> um, so Miranda said, because we are full of love, and if we could put that diagram up one more time, we can express and live our joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control out. Because we have these things, everything flows from a foundation of love, as Naomi said. And so my hypothesis that I just want to start us off with is that if we don't have love, we can't have joy. If we don't have joy, we can't have peace. If we don't have peace, we can't have patience. If we can't, don't have patience, we definitely can't have kindness. If we don't have kindness, we can't have goodness. If we don't have goodness, we can't have faithfulness and gentleness. And if we don't have any of that or one of those, we definitely can't have self-control. Because I ask you, when you're angry, what stops you from yelling, from screaming, from doing things you're going to regret? When you're depressed or you're sad or down, what stops you from laying in bed all day? And watching Netflix, we all need to do that once in a while, so no judgment. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you get a bad grade on a test or your boyfriend or girlfriend uh, breaks up with you, what, makes you, what stops you from going out and getting plastered and hooking up with people that you know you're going to regret and that's not true to your nature? Because we have the spirit within us, we have the spirit's characteristics within us. And I want to say right now that if you guys have Jesus in this place, you have all these characteristics in this place. 
Now, we might not be walking in some of those well. We might not, you know, I love to play basketball, but man, I'm not good at basketball. But I'll tell you what, if I, hang, if I hung out with Paul King, is he in here? Where is he? Paul, if I hung out with Paul King every day, or especially Kyle Howard, I'd, be, I'd start to be really good at basketball because those dudes can ball, right? But it doesn't mean I don't have the skill of basketball. Like, I can play horse. I can dribble. I can hold my own for a little bit, especially if I'm playing with, like, middle schoolers. I'm going to be really good, right? <laughs> but, like, it doesn't mean I don't have it, right? But we steward things. We practice things. We call things to life. We bring accountability and intentionality into our lives. And so I want to just start off to say, I want you to ask yourself, when you feel like you're losing control, what keeps you grounded? How do you live out your true nature of Christ in a world that's trying to push everything and anything against you to make you stumble, to make you not be who you are and whose you are? Because remember, we're in the world, but we're definitely not of the world. And I love this book um, called Emotional Healthy Spirituality. Um, I probably have given away at least 10 of these, 10 copies to many of you. I see some of you smiling because I talk about this book a lot. Um, you definitely should check it out. But I'm going to re reference this to a couple of times. But there's a quote in here, and it says this. Um, it says, the whole of our spiritual lives is finally about surrender and obedience to God's perfect will. The whole of our spiritual lives is finally about surrender and obedience to God's perfect will. I don't know about you, but man, surrender can be one of the hardest things to do, but man, also the best thing to do. And you might be like, surrender, what does that mean? Like, am I supposed to surrender to something? Like, when I want to do something for me, when, when maybe I'm getting frustrated or I'm tensed, I actually struggle with anxiety. And when I'm living out of a place of anxiety and, and, and I'm not walking in a place of peace or patience or kindness, when I'm sharp, maybe have a sharp tone with, with my wife, unfortunately, or even, you know, Owen and Austin or whoever, you know, and, and I respond in a way that I'm not proud of, that I know isn't the best me, am I going to stop right there and recognize that I'm not walking and living in my true nature. That I'm not walking and living in my true nature because I'm not walking and living in God's true nature. And if God is alive in me and I'm one with him and he's one with me because I have Jesus. And if you have Jesus, the same thing is true for you. Then we could begin to walk and live more like him day by day. And if I want to have more peace in my life, I have to ask myself, am I hanging out with the Prince of Peace? And so every, I want to, again, hypothesize that every action and every choice, we have a choice. Do we want to live what we want to do? What feels best in the moment? Man, it feels good to scream at my coworker who is a jerk to me or, or my teammate who did something wrong. They deserve it. I'm going to yell at them. I'm going to get on Facebook and be like, boom, 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 boom. Man, they deserve that. That felt good. Woo! But then afterwards... Oh, crap. You feel it. You feel the pain. You know that wasn't you. This may have happened to me last night. And you know who you are because you're in this room. <laughs> but, you know, a friend sent a message to me, and I was in the middle. I felt stressed, and I felt a little, you know, um, anxiety about tonight. And I responded back, are you serious, dude? What the heck? You know? And, like, right away, I'm like... Man, I'm speaking on self-control, and I definitely did not just have self-control in that moment. And you know what I did? I stopped, and I prayed. And I said, Holy Spirit, 
I thank you that your peace and your patience lives within me. And I'm a man of peace and patience because you're a God of peace and patience. And I called my friend right up and I said, hey man, can we talk? And I'm sorry, I didn't respond in love in that, that moment. And, and you know, we talked it out, but I, I first recognized that I wasn't living out of my true nature. And I had a choice in that. Am I gonna surrender to God and remember that he has better plans for me than I do for myself, a better nature, a better way for me than I do for myself? Or am I just gonna do what feels good in the moment? Have you guys ever got like a really bad mosquito bite and you're just like, it itches so bad or chicken pox or whatever? <laughs> so, all right, all right, here we go. Story and moment. So, you know, so the only way I got my wife to preach was she finally agreed because she said, now for once I can finally tell story, stories about you from the pulpit. Well, guess what? I haven't spoke for eight weeks or nine weeks, so I got a bunch of stories brewing. <laughs> She's like, oh, man, I didn't share this in the practice preach. Sorry, just fell on me. But, man, so she, she like, she, she, all right, so I'm so excited. I'm going to brag on her. Her gymnastics season starts in a month. Uh, she is coming back from her second Achilles tear. It's the hardest sports injury to come back from. Um, she actually has a scrimmage next Wednesday. She's going to be so mad at me for this. Next Wednesday at Huff Hall, if you want to come out, orange and blue, uh, we're going to be there. But you should definitely come out and root her on sometime this season. Um, but she, last year, we went through a really, really hard, uh, hard, hard injury, and uh, she had surgery. Last year was supposed to be her last year. Um, and, and, you know, she, she had a cast on, and she, she couldn't you know, really touch her ankle. Well, when the, she was about to get the cast off, she would get in these modes where her ankle just itched so bad. I mean, she would be like, phase modes like, well, I got an itch, you know? And literally, I mean, you would thought like, you, like someone was like, whoa. I'm like, you really get to learn about someone when they're injured, you know? <laughs> Love you. And, and so, but like, that's what reminded me of, but then you itch and then you're like, oh, that, I shouldn't have done that, right? Or like, you have that bad mosquito bite and you're, you feel so good and you're itching, but then it hurts and you're like, crap, you know, or poison ivy and then it spreads. And so, all right, maybe you guys get the point. <laughs> so, <laughs> it feels good in the moment, you regret it later. <laughs> All right, moving on, way, way off topic here. Self-control, help me keep self-control in this message, Lord. All right, let's open up the Bible. The Bible has some good things to say. Uh, and the, we're going we're gonna to just really camp out in the book of Galatians mostly. Um, you know, I, I had this, so I had this uh, definition of self-control first. Self-control is an opportunity to die to yourself and obey God in operating and living from a place of being connected and one with his spirit. Again, self-control is an opportunity, is a choice to die to yourself. Am I going to live for myself or live for him? And obey God in operating and living from a place of being connected and one with his Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5.16, it says this. So I, we got some. Lord, help me have self-control for the people talking in the back that's distracting me right now, please. Give me peace and patience, even though it's Michael Sacco. He's really distracting me from this message. Let's give it up for Michael Sacco, everyone. <laughs> Michael, we love you and we miss you, but you can't just walk in in the front of a message and distract me like that, bro. <laughs> I love you, man. Good seeing you. 
If you could just sit down and whisper, that would be helpful. <laughs> Before Owen puts you in a headlock. No, I'm joking. <laughs> love you, man. Good to have you back. Um, I love when leaders surprise me. Um, so in Galatians 5.16, it says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is in the NIV. And in the NLT, New Living Translation, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Again, so I say, walk by the Spirit. and You will not gratify the desires of your flesh. A little later in the chapter in Galatians 5.25, the NIV says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The NLT says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Guys, in our church and Alive, you know we love Holy Spirit. If this is your first time, we love Holy Spirit. We're proud of Holy Spirit. We also love and we're proud of Jesus. And we love and proud of the Father. We don't just talk about one aspect about God. We talk about all the aspects of God. But, but we have to recognize and, and we have to know that the Holy Spirit is a gift that Jesus left so that we could have the Prince of Peace. And it breaks my heart, and I know I've said this a lot, that when I go to churches and they don't recognize that gift because Jesus literally left so we could have that gift. And it talks about Holy Spirit so much in the Bible, and it blows my mind how churches don't think that he's important. And right now, Paul's saying that if we want to live in a, in, a, in a state of self-control, first we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide us in everything that we do. This isn't just like big decisions of, Lord, who should I date or what job should I take? You know, I mean, heck, I literally, I was just telling a student this, I literally believe, no joke, that I made it through college and a master's degree by the power of the Holy Spirit's help. I am not academic. Man, I had to write 20, 25-page papers. I had to take tests. I don't know. I had to learn Greek and Hebrew. I don't even remember any of it. But, but you know what? God, Holy Spirit helped me. Like, I literally am not just saying that. I don't know who it was, but I met with someone this week. And I was like, literally, ask Holy Spirit for help. I mean, you have to study too. But ask him for help. He will help you. He will meet you. He will guide you. But he loves to guide us in everything that we do. And if you don't know Holy Spirit, I just want to say, it's okay. He's a part of Jesus, and he's a part of God, and he's not a, a scary ghost. Like, he'll guide you by the, his peace and by his presence, and he'll speak to you when you make time to listen to him. And when you sit with the word of God, with the truth of God, and the spirit of God will speak through the word of God to you. And so are we listening to more of ourselves, or are we listening to his presence are we, we're people of his presence. He's kind of our internal GPS and compass. Have you ever walked in to a situation or hung out with a friend or went somewhere that you thought it would be really fun and good, but something inside of you just didn't feel right? Something inside of you didn't have a peace? Something inside of you, like you didn't know why, but you felt uncomfortable? You didn't feel like, like, like you? I know I have felt that way. And it's Holy Spirit guiding us and showing us giving us clues as we learn to listen to him, as we learn to walk with him, abide in him, he will help us have his peace and his control. You know, I think it's very interesting that as we look at self-control, again, it's mentioned a lot of times in the Bible, nowhere does it say control others. I want you to control others. It says you have self-control. 
Have self-control over yourself. I'm learning this a lot in marriage. That I cannot try to control or even really give a lot of feedback or advice to my wife. Because honestly, if I'm going after Jesus and I'm working on myself... And, I'm, and I'm, I'm focusing on him and being looking more like him and led by his presence, then I'm going to become a better husband to her. I'm going to become a better pastor, a better friend, a better man. And when I step out of moments of, of self-control, like last night, and I shoot a message to a friend or I, I do something, again, that you know when you act or say or do something that's out of your nature, out of your nature in Christ, out of your nature in the spirit, well, we have the humility then to go clean up the mess that we made. We have the humility to say, hey, I'm so sorry I, I responded that way. That's not me. You know, I used to pray a lot, Lord, let me be humble. Lord, let me be humble. And a mentor said to me, he heard me praying that. He said, Ryan, let me give you the greatest advice that someone has ever given me. Don't pray for humility. You don't want God to humble you. Because in the Bible it says, go and humble yourself. Nowhere does it say God will humble you. God does humble people when they don't humble themselves. I don't want him to humble me. I want to learn to walk in humility, and I want to choose humility. And a lot of times that's it's looking at the plank in my own eye before looking at the plank in someone else. But in that moment, we're learning and stewarding self-control by having the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness in our lives. And when we learn to walk these things out by his spirit, by his life, by his love, we're people that not only have, have self-control of us, but have started to have control of the atmosphere and of this world by the light and life of his presence within us. So what are you going to do, church? What are you going to do, family? Are you going to try to control everyone else? Or are you going to let God transform you and me from the inside out and realize that when we're being changed from the inside out, that others will be changed from the overflow of our lives. That we won't have to go and be the mission because we already are the mission. We don't have to even go on the mission trips that I love. I hope you go on. Because <laughs> you'll be the mission with your life every day. You won't even have to try to inspire people or try to change people. Or, or try to share the truth, but the truth, the person of truth, will just come out of you wherever you go. When they look into your eyes, they'll see a glimpse of his eyes. I want to read a pass the passage of scripture, and uh, a lot of you, we've been sharing a lot about the Passion Translation. And I'm just going to read a little bit of Galatians 5, and I just love this translation. Um, so, so just a lot of it's not going to be on the screen, um, so you can just, you can just listen. Um, and it says this. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves, craves the things. Grace, you can take this off. Thanks. Um, you, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things, the things that offend the Holy Spirit and, and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self, your old life, from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, 
You will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and other things similar, similar to this behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for those things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. There we go. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart. And I love this. Strength of spirit. Strength of spirit. And a little later it says, we must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. That we must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. And that when we live in the Holy Spirit, that his fruit lives within us. Grace, you can go to the next slide, please. That when we live in the Holy Spirit, that his fruit lives within us. And I don't know about you, but when I read those expressions of the things that are not of God's spirit, there were a couple things that, ooh, when I read that, I struggle with that. And if you're being honest, I, there's probably one or two things that maybe you realize that you struggle with too. That doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. That doesn't mean that you don't have the Holy Spirit within you. And that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit isn't being lived out in you and through you. What that means is that you're in process. And in this book that I love, Emotional Healthy Spirituality, God, it says that when we have emotions or things that peep, that peep their head out that we know is not who we are, it's kind of like a check engine light that comes on your car. But when I burst out in anger and I'm mad or I have a response that, that is not who I am and is not loving or gentle or kind, that shows me that, whoa, something's going on underneath the hood. And I need to pull, to, pull over, open the hood of my car and see what, what's going on. Why is my check engine light coming on? And if I don't know how to do that by myself, then I need to take it to a mechanic. I need to get some help. And when we have these responses, or if, we, if there is something in that list that you're kind of like, ooh, the Lord highlights things, not to condemn you, not to judge you, not to be mad at you, but because he loves you and he says, hey, this thing, it's not you. I created you and I know you, and this is not you. And I want to highlight this to say this is an area that you need help in. This is an area that I want you to pray in. This is an area that I want to give you attention in, that I want you to be intentional at. I don't know if any of you grew up playing sports or, or you know, maybe, you know, in school terms, you're really good at math, but you're not good at English. Man, I love social studies, but I cannot do math to save my life. That's why Holy Spirit helped me get through somehow. But you know what? I had to get a tutor in math. 
And I realized that in this area of school, I needed attention. This area of school, I needed help. When I was growing up and playing football, there were skills I was really good at, but there was other skills that I wasn't. I've always had a really strong upper body, but I had to work really hard on developing muscles and strength in my legs. Well, that, was, that didn't mean I was weak or I wasn't a football player, but that's just an area of need that I need to show attention to, that I need to get help in, that I had to ask for help from my coaches or my trainers or my teammates, right? That, that we're here, that's why church is so important, because we're here to help each other. And when, when the father says, hey, he knocks on the, the thing of our heart. Hey, you know that thing you're looking at? Or you know that movie that man, cusses all the time, or hey, when you hang out with this group of friends and you go to this one place, I love you, and man, that's not who you are. And I can say that because I know who you are, because I created who you are. Right, when you respond to your friend this way, there's actually something deeper going on. You know, have you guys ever tried to pull a weed from the top of the weed? It just grows back, right? I, I had to weed eat a lot growing up, especially in middle school and high school. I hated it. But I learned you have to get down to the bottom, the root of the weed. And when you pull the root out, it doesn't grow back. And so I believe that when we have things that are not true, again, to God's nature, which we know is, what we know what is his nature from the fruit of the Spirit, it's an area of attention. It's an area of saying, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I want to press into this a little bit. I don't want to be a man of anger. I don't want to respond in an unkind way. I want to be a man of love. And that's who I am. And we get to step out to who we are and to whose we are and live out of our true nature by the Spirit and not by the flesh. But what if they deserve it? Oh, they deserve it. They wronged me. They did this. Yeah, they might deserve it in the world's eyes. But guess what? We deserve to die. And Jesus hung on that cross for each and every one of us. We deserve to die. He didn't deserve it. He who knew no sin became to be sin for our sake. And just like Miranda challenged us, are we living out that same kindness that was shown to us? Because it's, it says in the book that it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. It's not the anger of the Lord. It's the kindness and where does kindness come from? Can you show us the graph again, Grace? Where does kindness come from? It comes from love. And who is love? You guys can answer. All right, just had to make sure someone was listening. <laughs> God is love. When we live out of that place of being one with God and one in love, his nature follows us. But we do have a choice. We do have a choice one of my favorite um, scriptures is Luke 9, 24, and it says, Jesus says, for anyone who tries to save his life will lose it, but those who lose their life for me will save it. And, um, you know, another word for losing, losing it is just surrendering it. Am I going to save my life and saying, oh, I deserve this promotion, or this person wronged me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them, I'm, I'm going to get mine, I'm going to get rich, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to get everything I have, because it's about me. Or am I going to surrender it and remember, the first will be last and the last will be first. That it might look like this in the, in the world, but we're not in the world. We are in the world, but we're definitely not of the world. 
And so if we're not of the world, we should be operating and living as the world tells us to live. But we're operating and living from a different nature, the Holy Spirit nature, a kingdom nature, because we're living for a deeper purpose than what this world tells us to live for. And so sometimes just asking ourselves, examining our heart and saying, am I, tr- am I trying to save my life? Am I trying to, to do what everyone else is telling me to do? Or am I losing or surrendering my life to Christ? And I promise you, it says when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. That when we surrender with him, that he will help us walk this thing out and live this out. John 3.30 says, less of me and more of you. More of Jesus. And we need to be less of me and more of Jesus. I used to read that and be like, oh, I have to be less of Ryan? Oh, I have to be, how do I have to do that? Like, oh, Ryan's bad. I got to stop acting like Ryan. No. God created you to be you. He could have made you anyone else in the world. It sounds funny, but sometimes I go to bed not like braggadociously or arrogantly, but I just say, Jesus, thank you for letting me be me. You could have, man, I could have had a voice like Leah. I could have looked like Kundai. Man, I could have had the muscles of Owen. But, man, I could have been cool and stylish like Naomi and Mariah. Like, you know, I mean, man, but guess what? They're awesome. But, man, I'm so thankful that I'm me. And I'm so thankful that you're you. God created you to be you for a reason. To be an awesome person. To be his. And so that when we say less of me, it's more of living out of our flesh. More living out of our, less living out of our flesh. And less living out of our selfish ambitions. And saying, Lord, I'm surrendering to you. I want to be less of me in the flesh. And more of you in the spirit. Because as we grow closer to him, and we become more like him. And when we become more like him, we become more like the people that he has created us to be. He knows who he, who he created us to be. And it says in Philippians 1.6 that he is faithful to complete the work that he started within us. That, he ha- that life is definitely not a sprint, but it's certainly a marathon. And he knows the finished product that he has. And he's faithful to father us and to walk with us and to guide us. All along the way. And so are we surrendering our life? Are we becoming more like who we want to be? Our, our ambitions, our goals, or more like who he says we are? And a lot of this, guys, comes from humbling myself. It comes from humility. When I'm upset, am I going to remember that I'm, a, that I'm a person, that I'm a man of peace and patience? When I'm in a conflict and I know that I know that I know that I'm right, am I just going to tell them that I think I'm right or am I going to humble myself and listen? Do you believe, I, 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 tr- I believe that in every conflict, even if I'm 99% right, I always have something to learn. I do. I'm sure there's, there's a way that I could have responded better. There's a way that I could have been more like Christ. And I'd say, Holy Spirit, even though I'm feeling a little defensive right now, I'm feeling a little angry right now, I'm feeling a little irritated, come and speak to me and be my teacher and help me learn in this moment how I can live out of my true nature in Christ. Because he's trying to teach me something. And I don't know about you, but he's tried to, been teaching me many lessons, but sometimes I forget and I, you ever walk around the same lesson and the same thing keeps happening to you in different ways. And you're like, gosh, I hate this thing. <laughs> it's happened to me like ten times. And God's like, yeah, because you haven't learned the lesson. I know that's happened to me. And I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> you know, it's a, there's, a, there's a theory that says it would have taken the Israelites to get to the promised land from Egypt in like a week. 
and it took them 40 years because they just tried to do it their own way. And if they would have just listened to God, it would have been a really quick trip. I'm not saying I would have listened. I'm not saying that because I wasn't there. But I'm just saying right now, I want to listen to him, and I don't want to go down the mountain 10 or 20 times. So will we humble ourselves? Will we let him be our teacher? And will we live out of a place of surrender? In this, uh, I read an article that I thought was real fascinating, and it said this. The shift from a powerless to a powerful mindset is a shift from operating within an external locus of control to an internal locus of control. That is, we move from the belief that everything around us is more powerful than, when, uh, than, than we are, which leads us to live in reaction to our circumstances, to the belief that we always have the power to choose. How will, we, how will we respond to our circumstances, which leads us to live with a responsibility for managing our internal reality and choices? The only way to make this shift is to commit to the process of self-discovery so we can grow in self-awareness. Gaining self-awareness creates the foundation to use our reason and will to decide what to do and how to do it. That is to make powerful choices about how we will respond to situations rather than mindlessly reacting to them. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person that responds instead of reacts. I react out of what the world and myself has taught me how to react. Do you ever react to someone? I mean, again, bringing up last night, you know, we'll, we'll call this person Tammy. Have you ever heard of that? I reacted to Tammy last night. Uh, shout out to Brett for starting that trend. <laughs> you know, I reacted to Tammy. Tammy, what are you talking about? Why would you side with person? Do you know I planned this? I thought of this. What, 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 what? And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Check engine light, ding, 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 like three times coming on. Something's going on. Why would I be reacting to a friend that I know loves me, that I know uh, honors me, that I know respects me? And I said, Holy Spirit, what's happening? I'm not operating out of a place of peace and patience right now. He said, Ryan, you're feeling rejected. You're feeling hurt. You're feeling rejected that they don't want you there. And I was like, whoa. That, that's showing me that there's something that I got to dig up. There's something that I got to examine in my heart and in my life a little bit. Probably from my past and my childhood that has been kind of under there in the basement a little bit. That if I don't deal with, it's going to keep popping its head out. You know, just, just the other day, I, you know, people ask me all the time, how is married life? You know, literally, I get this every day. And you know what I say? I'm learning a lot. <laughs> And I really am. I, I love married life. I definitely recommend it when it's in God's timing and God's way. <laughs> but, man, I'm learning a lot. And I realize that when I have expectations and I've not spoken those expectations out or MJ hasn't agreed to those expectations. Like just the other day, I came home from work and, you know, I just had this expectation that she would just jump off the couch, put everything down she's doing and be so happy I came home. Well, that might be fantasy, but that's not real life all the time. <laughs> you know, she was busy working on a paper. She had a deadline, getting it done. Of course she was happy I was home, but she didn't have to, like, do 12 cartwheels to show me that. <laughs> I don't know how I thought of that. But, but I realized I've never communicated that with her. 
I started getting grumpy with her. She's like, are you okay? And I wasn't like mean or anything, but I was just, when I get real upset, I get quiet. And, well, most of the time, except if I'm playing football, right, Brett? <laughs> Eric Diaz may have alluded. I might have been the person that Eric Diaz was alluding to last week in his message. Maybe not, though. <laughs> he never, definitely never asked. He definitely never said that in preaching practice. So <laughs> good times, Papa. Um, but, um, man, help me stay on the route, Lord. <laughs> but you know what? Like, in those moments... I realize, again, the check engine light's coming on. You're having an emotion. Our emotions are responses to something. I don't want to react. I want to respond. And when I'm reacting in a way that is not true to my nature, I want to spend time in the word, in prayer, with good friends. I want to ask Holy Spirit to illuminate what's happening in me that's not of him. Because I want to become more like him. So I'm going to leave you with three things, and I can invite the band, if you want to come back up, that'd be awesome. And these three characteristics, they'll be up on the screen. And it says, think, reflect, and pray. Think, reflect, and pray. And the first one I want you to think about. When we respond or when we react to something, are we walking and living out of the flesh, out of yourself, out of what you want, or the spirit? So last night, when I responded, I had to think, wait, am I responding in the true nature of Ryan, of who God has called me to be and called me to do and called me to live? Because right now, it kind of feels like the old nature. Because when, do you guys know, when we receive Jesus and we ask Jesus into our hearts, it says that the old is gone, the old is dead, and the new is come, and the new is alive. The new creation. But do you know, we're literally like a baby. And it takes a long time to walk to crawl, to learn how to, well, crawl, then walk, learn how to talk. And, we, and it's a life that we learn how to live in Christ. And we're in process. And sometimes it's like three steps forward and two steps back. But that's why we need family to help us. To call, we have a thing in the leadership team. It's called the 24-hour oath. Where if someone's talking about someone else, that we literally challenge them and say, hey, you have, tw- you have a day to go talk to that person and tell them yourself. Because if not, I'm going to tell them for you. Because I don't want bitterness and resentment to come up. I will seep in and it changes you and it changes your character and it changes your heart. And then you're grumpy and, you, and people don't want to be around you because you have all this stuff in you that you were never meant to carry, that you were never meant to have. Now, we don't go and we just point out the finger and we say, yo, Wes, you did this to me, yo, bro. But we come in humility and love and say, hey, Wes, when this happened, man, I know it wasn't your fault, but I felt this. You know, and 90% of conflict is communication or the lack of communication. Oh, Ryan, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. I was just... You know, having a bad day and I, I lost my phone and I, I wasn't able to text you back. And you, you clear the air and you clear what is going on within you. Or if there is actually something, then you talk it out as friends and family do. But if we don't have the courage and the humility to do that, we have to think, why am I responding? Every response has a reason for it. And the Lord says, examine your heart. Ask yourself, are you living out of a place of the spirit or the flesh? And if you're making a choice that isn't your best, it's okay. Pick yourself back up. God will be there to help you, and so will we. Number two, reflect. 
ask the Lord to examine yourself. I guess I kind of already talked about this, but <laughs> where is the emotional response coming from? Get to the root of it. You know, the action or the response, that's just the glacier that you see. Do you know in glaciers that you see a big glacier, right? The, what, what you don't see is way more larger than what you do see. That it's underneath the surface. That if you pull, ever pull out a weed, that you see how strong the, the roots are. You got to get to the root. You got to get to the bottom. And that's why we have Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus left so that we could have the Prince of Peace, the Counselor, the Advocate. That we don't just don't read the book, but we read the book with the author of the book. And he speaks to us through the book that he wrote. He speaks to us through the people that he made. When we walk and we live in love. And lastly, pray. Last night, when I responded to my friend who I love and care for a lot, and again, it wasn't anything bad. I wasn't like swearing or yelling at him. Like, but it was just something that was like, ooh, that, that's not me. That's not my best. That's not who I am. I, I just stopped right there, even before I called him. I said, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're a God of peace and patience and gentleness. And I thank you that I'm a man of peace and patience and gentleness. And I just said, help me right now to walk in peace and patience and gentleness. And so if there's a fruit of the Spirit that you feel like you're not walking in strongly, that's okay, friends. Because it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And that God does hear our prayers. He's a good, good father. And when we ask for things and we ask for his help, and when we go to him, we might not get the instant McDonald's meal that we want. But he will work with us. He will talk with us. He will coach us. He will guide us. I believe every friendship, relationship, marriage, with your family, with your parents, it all points to help us become more like God. It's, it's little examples of how we can relate to God. In any good friendship, you're not the one talking the whole time, are you? Well, I, I believe true prayer is not just talking, but listening. He loves when we ask questions. He loves to answer. Sometimes in my journal, I just say, God, why am I sad today? And I just feel like he speaks to me. I don't analyze it. I don't, whoa, is this God or me or is this Leah or... Diaz, Papa Diaz or a sermon I heard like no like I just write it down in faith and I put it in quotation marks oh Ryan you're sad because you're feeling lonely oh well why am I feeling lonely right now God and he begins to take me down the root of the weed and just like that quote said in self discovery we start to become aware and discover not things wrong with us friends we're in the world, but we're not of the world. God has won the war, but there still is a battle to fight. There's, you, you are here because he needs you here. That you're here to represent him. You're, you're here to represent him at the U of I, at Parkland, and your families. That I know you might not have it all together. Guess what? I don't have it all together. You definitely know that if you know me well. But guess what? He's in me. He's in you, and we're in process, and he walks with us along the way. That will we have the humility to stop, to think, to reflect, and to pray? Will we have the humility to pull over the side and say, hey, I need help looking, something's wrong inside. I need to go to a mechanic. The mechanic's not a, you know, mechanic to fix a car, but the ultimate mechanic to fix a soul 
hearts of our hearts and to open up to friends and family that you trust to come to church, not because you have to, but you get to, to surround yourself with people, not that bring you down, but they lift you up, that lift you higher, that live out the fruit of the Spirit. So I'm not going to stand up here and say, I have self-control down. I definitely don't. But I'm going to stand up in here and say, I'm in process, and I'm in the journey. You know, and in Proverbs it says, to guard your hearts above all else because it's the wellspring of life. Can we show that diagram one more time, please? You know what's in our hearts? It's love. And you know why love's in our hearts? It's because Jesus is in our hearts. Do you notice we don't ask Jesus to come into our minds or our legs or our arms? If you know Jesus, I know for me, when I got saved, I said, Jesus, I pray that you come into my heart because everything flows and lives from your heart. So will we guard our hearts? Not letting people or letting other things infiltrate and come into our hearts to darken it, to change it. But I don't know about you, if there's a treasure, if I know about a treasure, I'm going to guard that. I'm going to fight for that. I'm going to protect that. And I think that's what we've learned through all these messages, looking at the fruit of the Spirit. That all these things are treasures and it all comes from love. And because we have love, we can have joy. And because we have joy, we can have peace. And because we have peace, we can have patience. And because we have patience, we can have kindness. And because we have kindness, we can have goodness. And because we have goodness, we can have faithfulness. And because we have faithfulness, we can have gentleness. And because we have gentleness, we can have self-control. I used to try to memorize this all the time and I could never memorize it. Now I know it without even thinking of it because I'm starting to understand it. When we start to, a revelation is when God literally reveals something to us. We don't even have to study it. We don't have to try for it. It's a revelation. It's given to us. I don't know how to live out self-control. But I know these characteristics point me to God and say, if you want to be like God, live these things out. It's not by trying harder. It's not by doing more good deeds. But it's by surrendering and obedience. To his will. And what is his will? That you would be one with me as my son is one with me. That Jesus says, Father, let us be one. Let them be one with me as I am one with you. And how are we one with the Father, Lindsay? By spending time with the Father. If I want to be more of a man of peace, I need to hang out with the Prince of Peace. I need to walk with the Prince of Peace. I need to live, as the translation said, with the Prince of Peace. And the Prince of Peace is alive in me through his Holy Spirit. So friends, tonight, it's just an opportunity to invite him more into your life and to step more into the person that he's called you to be. Because when we live with the Spirit, we don't have to try to control or change anyone or anything else. He'll do the work first in us and second through us. Will you pray with me? Father, I just thank you, God, 
for your spirit and your presence and your love. And I thank you, God, that when your light shines, that darkness has to flee. And I thank you, Father, that when you speak your truth, that fear has to leave. I thank you that your love casts out fear and that your truth sets us free. And God, I pray that this truth would go deep into my heart, go deep into our hearts, and that you would change us, God, from the inside out. Our soul cries out. We give you control. Let us not control ourselves, God, but let us surrender ourselves to your control. Let us surrender ourselves and not trying to save our life and to make our lives great, but let us lose it in surrendering you. Not living for our own fame and our own name, but yours. God, you've chosen us to be here. You've called us to be here. That every day is a gift of life. And God, let us not take that life for granted. God, awaken us tonight. Awaken us this Christmas season. And let us remember that you're the reason for this season. And as we spend time with you and we talk with you and we walk with you and we listen to you, God, you transform us, you work on us in love and help us live out the fruit of the Spirit by being one with you. So come and have your way. Change us, I pray.
Okay. 